0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at Trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge anderson President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tath, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We have some in-the-news topics to discuss and updates on previous issues to talk about today, but we'd also like to hear what's on your mind. Contact us by email Our address is money at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Nancy. Let's start with you with financial news that you'd like to share.
0: Oh, my goodness, Kevin. Well, of course, it's all about the election today. And um, so many people have asked what what will happen, whether one candidate wins or the other. And the concern for investors is not one candidate over the other, but if we have a contested election. So that's the biggest issue. If things go smoothly, if there's a clear result, we'll just carry on.
1: Uh, just in, uh, interesting, I went to vote this morning, and instead of a sticker, I got a pen, which I think is much more useful, uh, and also the the line was longer than it normally was, but I thought the poll workers, uh, at least in my precinct, did a good job from the time I got in line till the time I finished voting uh, was about 45 minutes. That's in, in Pearl, so that was good. Uh, you know, nice sunny day, though, so waiting in line won't be too bad, but hopefully uh, when folks go to vote, the wait won't be too, too bad.
0: And I'm wondering why we don't have early voting in Mississippi. My goodness, it's everywhere else just about, and so it makes it difficult to carve out time on this one day.
1: We'd like to remind listeners who haven't received the first and so far only in economic impact payment, uh, November 21st at 3 p.m. is the deadline to request your economic impact payment. If you did not file a 2019 federal tax return, get an economic impact payment or register for an economic impact payment already. If that is you, then use no fi- non-filers. Enter payment information by November 21st to register for your payment. Social Security, the Railroad Retirement, and Department of Veteran Affairs benefit re- recipients who have already received the $1,200 12- $1, payment now have until November 21st to register for a payment for their spouse or qualifying child. Uh, So, Nancy, uh, from what you've been hearing, are there still a lot of people out there that uh, have not gotten the payment? That was sent out, what, back in the spring, wasn't it?
0: Right. I don't think there are that many. Uh, What we have come across are people who maybe did not file. For instance, if you are new to the workforce or if you um, had an income below a certain level, you're not required to file. And those payments were based on a filing. So that's where we've seen some hitches along the way. And right now, most people are already on to, well, when are we going to get a next payment? And we are hopeful that once we get past this election, there will be some consensus and some coming together with Congress and a White House. It may be into January, but we are expecting another round of stimulus payments. So stay tuned.
1: Ryder, good morning. Uh, What caught your eye financially speaking this week? Good morning well I was just
2: following up on some of the issues that we were talking about today uh, particularly yes the few stragglers who haven't who haven't received their stimulus payment um,
1: All right looks like we're having some up detective- the oh, there you go sorry Roger go ahead
2: can we am I, okay um, so yes mostly uh, I've just been watching the market um, and how there's a lot of talk about you know especially with today being election day um, you know how does the market behave? Uh, before elections, and how does that uh, contribute to election outcomes? And, and there's, you know, a, a lot of people make a, a huge big deal out of this, uh, but I think there's a lot of confusion of, you know, does the stock market cause people to vote for one party, or you know, are the actions going on in the in the stock market just reflective of um, the moods that people are taking with them to the uh, polling place?
1: Uh, And, Ryder, uh, during our brief discussion on the economic impact payments, the term qualifying child came up. So uh, what does the IRS consider to be a qualifying child?
2: Well, you've got to be a real person. Um, You can't be a wooden doll like Pinocchio. That's important. (laughs) Um, So a qualifying child is is a dependent of the person who is receiving the payment. So that's important. And you have to uh, consider them, you know, for tax filing purposes to be a dependent. Um, There's a couple of things. Alien, they have to live with the individual. They have to uh, the the person receiving it um, has to provide most of the child's um, support or income. You know, it can't be it can't be like an adult child. They have to be under the age of seventeen. Um, but as far as is the child your own child? It's actually fairly broad. It can be your, you know, your own biological child, stepchild, foster child, or even um, siblings or uh, who are dependent on you. Uh, again, for tax purposes, so that would be particularly in the case of maybe um, uh, an adult child filing as head of household and counting his. Um, young children, uh, young siblings as dependents.
1: Um, So, Nancy, we're talking about the possibility of a second economic impact payment. um, And maybe if you can help me remember my my civics lesson, um, when would the new Congress be seated and started their first uh, session? Would it be in January sometime?
0: Yes, it's going to be in January. And, of course, the inauguration will be towards the end of January. And um, it could be that we have to wait that long, or we could get something in what's called the lame duck session, which is the session between today and that point in January. Um, It's probably more likely that it will be when we have a new Congress that is seated that we start to have negotiations ramp back up again and we're looking for some additional one-time payments like that twelve hundred dollars per person that we saw came that came out um, with children added into that we're also looking for some help for our state and local governments who have budget shortfalls because those budget shortfalls mean that those governments who cannot just print money, Um, they're limited to borrowing, they may be facing some shortfalls that require them to um, lay off employees. And so that's a big concern along the way. And also, are we going to see some more help for our small businesses? The PPP program helped a lot of people along the way, but there was a lot of uh, controversy about that as far as who got money and what's going to be forgiven. But we're hoping that our small businesses will get some additional help as we get through This And then the other thing that's hanging over our heads that we are seeing some progress on is this um, much awaited vaccine. And at that point, when we start to see that and see it rolled out, that will uh, give us all some relief in the economy overall.
1: You know, and, Ryder, it seems like over the last several months there's been some fits and starts. You would hear news about possibly uh, an agreement reached uh, between the two parties. And I guess uh, for the most part, from what I see, it's more of how large the relief package would be. Uh, Does it seem like both parties seem to agree on sort of the basic premise of it? It's just how much?
2: Um, I think there are some elements uh, which are— Debated over one, which I believe uh, Democrats pushed fairly hard for early on, was more direct aid to state and local governments who were struggling, and um, that was uh, that was not uh, favored by Republicans. Um, But but ultimately, all of these are just like you said, how much money to get and to whom, and so I mean the different parties um, state and local governments, uh, corporations, et cetera. There's, you know, a handful of parties who can receive money. And so some of the discussion is about, is about what groups of individuals or organizations are going to receive money.
1: If you have a question for our experts, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. As I said, an open topic show. What are some free things that businesses are giving out today? We'll tell you that next. This is Bunny Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. The Original Southern Remedy is available as a podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. You can email a question to remedy at mpbonline.org. The doctor is always in on the Original Southern Remedy. Listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Some brief things uh, for Election Day. You can get a free glazed donut at Krispy Kreme along with a special voting sticker while supplies last today. Planet Fitness is offering a way to work off the stress of the election with a free workout and massage Tuesday through November 8th. Uber and Lyft are offering discounted rides to the polls. DoorDash, the on-demand delivery app, will have free delivery on all orders with a $15 minimum placed on Election Day using the promo code VOTE. Starting Tuesday and through November 9th, McDonald's is giving away its new pastry item uh, with the purchase of a hot or iced coffee through its app. You can get free delivery Tuesday on Grubhub orders over $25. And Shake Shack, poll workers get a free sandwich, including the Shack Burger and the Chicken Shack, from Sunday through Election Day with proof of badge. I don't know that we have a Shake Shack in the central Mississippi area. Nancy Ryder, do you know uh, of that franchise?
0: Well, we were supposed to get one in Clinton, but I think that's fallen through.
1: Okay.
2: Oh no! Now I've been to Shake Shack before, but not around here.
1: And I imagine it—it it sounds like it might be like—and I can't think of the one—the uh, um, one in Pearl. The other Shake, f- f- anyway. So, it looks steak and shake, yeah, Our producer Liz Gill jogged my memory.
0: Um, maybe that was the one we were getting. I don't know, but all of those offers sound like uh, maybe an extra ten pounds is in my future.
1: <laughs> well, see, you get all the free stuff, then you go to Planet Fitness uh, for that free workout to work off all the extra work calories off, yeah. from, from the donuts and things.
2: Got to eat through your feelings today. <laughs>
1: So last week on our October 27th show, we discussed money mindfulness. It's, it was it was a dialogue about being aware of where your money goes. Uh, in the news this week, Costco is the latest retailer pledging not to stock coconut products from Thai suppliers who've been accused of using monkeys as forced labor. Officials from the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA, told USA Today. Costco follows Walgreens, Food Lion, Giant Food, and Stop and Shop, who also stopped stocking brands of coconut milk, including Chocan, after PETA alleged that monkeys in Thailand were picking coconuts. Uh, you missed the discussion last week, uh, Nancy, so let's uh, get your uh, thoughts on this. Uh, can you use your your purchasing power to make a sort of uh, influence uh, decisions for retailers on, on issues like this?
0: Well, you can, and of course on the investing side, we are getting more and more questions from people who are concerned about what they're investing in, and they want to make sure that uh, certain things are important to them, um, uh, are that we are focusing on that, and we're limiting exposure to things so that they find are questionable, mostly environmental issues, but it can be all kinds of things, and, you know, you vote with your pocketbook. and. Companies are paying attention to this, especially when you can also use social media to voice that opinion and say, I I am not going to buy from you because of this. And we have seen that change policies at companies.
1: However, I think it's important to note that you, you kind of do need to do your research because the Thailand-based maker of Chooko Coconut Milk told USA Today that it had audited coconut plantations using a third party and shared a copy of the 14-page monkey-free coconut due diligence assessment. The report says 64 farms out of 817 were randomly selected and did not find the use of monkey for coconut harvesting. Uh, PETA lists on its website coconut milk products that it says don't involve forced monkey labor Uh, and again Ryder this uh, shows that you do need to do your research if you want to make your money um, you know do what you want and and do the most it can
2: yeah absolutely Um, and and like we talked before you know sometimes with a with a smaller store or a local store or a local a franchise of of a larger store you know you can kind of you know your dollars have a bigger impact uh, on their bottom line and you can kind of make that yourself heard a little more there too.
1: Uh, we have a call on the line to get to. So Ela in Memphis has called in. And uh, uh, Good morning. Uh, you're on the air with us. You- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have a
3: few questions, if that's okay. Do you want me to ask them all at once or
1: Uh, Let's uh, go one one at a time, and and we'll take you that way.
3: Okay. So um, the first question is, to get started in the stock market, I would like some advice on how to do that, but then also the other question, and I'll ask this one first, I guess, is um, how much money do you think would be a reasonable amount of money to start with that one would Um, it's a gamble, right? So you would be willing to part with. I guess that's a personal thing, but I just want to know what a good starting,
1: jumping off point would be. Nancy, why don't you take that one? How much uh, do you think you should start with when uh, trying to invest in the stock market?
0: Well, first I'm going to say to Eva, if you invest wisely, it's not a gamble. And um, there is a way to do it reasonably. You can start with a very small amount. Um, It's $25, $50, and uh, if you just do it regularly and you can set it up as a bank draft, that's what we encourage, then it automatically goes in. You sound like you might be fairly young, so you might want to consider using a Roth IRA to build up funds for retirement, which can also be used for education and first-time purchase of a house, but very small amounts can really make a difference. And um, I would encourage you with smaller amounts to look at using pooled funds. And a pooled fund is a collection of securities. And for somebody younger, you would want to use a collection of stocks. Look at mutual funds or exchange-traded funds. They're perfect ways for you to invest with small amounts and get exposure to all kinds of different stocks so you don't have that risk. It's not the gamble
3: to tell you um you kind of lost i'm 50 you lost me at you sound young (laughs) 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 yes you're still young trust me you are Um, i do have a Roth actually with my bank i have my um 401k and everything moved over to my bank since i don't have that anymore with my job so i have that already i was just wondering about some additional maybe quicker not quick quick like crazy quick but you know Moderately quicker, um, you
0: know. Well, um, look, you can open up an account online. You can open a brokerage account uh, at some place like Schwab or ETrade or TD Ameritrade. And um, I would encourage you—you you could start with just a small amount. But again, I would encourage you to look at some of those pooled funds. Somebody in your age range, I would suggest you look for an exchange-traded fund that is investing in the S&P 500 or in one that's investing in the top 100 companies of NASDAQ. And that's going to give you some nice growth. It will be all stocks, so bear in mind it's going to uh, move with the stock market. There is some risk there, but you have a collection of stocks. You're not all invested in one company.
3: And the other question was that Ooh, it just popped out of my head. Wow, that was crazy. I had this question the whole time and suddenly it's
1: gone. <laughs> See? <laughs> you all have it young. <laughs> hey, Ela, well, you can always send an email and we can get it to Nancy and Reiner for their uh, for their opinion. Uh, if you think of it later, money at mpbonline.org. We'll forward oh, it to them. i can, Okay, go ahead
3: downs of the stock market obviously you're not going to try to watch it daily because it's a long haul type of um investiture you want to watch it daily but not play it daily i guess is what i meant um what is your recommendation on when you like trends like i'm a beginner beginner
0: i'm sorry what is the recommendation on when you do what
3: when you're rising trends, like to get into the market, when is the good time? You know, like you're jumping rope and you know when you're oh, supposed to Oh, no, jump
0: no. Uh, okay, you don't do that with the stock market.
3: Okay.
0: Do not do that with the stock market. The best thing you have going for you is time. And we've mm-hmm. already uh, found out you don't have quite as much time as I might have thought you did. <laughs> but you do have time on your side. And Mm -hmm. it's best not to try to figure out, oh, is this the low point? Is this the best time to get in? Because you're going to miss. And the market goes in fits and starts. Your best thing is to have time combined with discipline. So just add to it on a regular basis, keep going regardless of what happens, and that time will then pay off.
3: Okay. Thank you so much. And
1: thanks for the compliment. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ela, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, I have a question that uh, maybe I'll let Ryder take the first stab at. Um, I'm paying off my car note next month. And so what I decided to do is to take the monthly car note, and instead of paying it to the finance company, I wanted to put it in some sort of account to build up a down payment uh, for when I have to get a new car. Um, Ryder, is a certificate of deposit? Is that the proper vehicle for that, or is that something that you'd park money in? And I mean, I guess my question is, can you add money on a monthly basis to a CD, or is that a sort of set it and forget it type of thing?
2: So, so you're not going to be able to add money on a regular basis to a. Generally speaking, you're not going to be able to add money to a CD once you have purchased it, Um, but you will be able to purchase another CD. Um, This is particularly always kind of have, uh, you know, I'll probably be buying a new car in three to five years. Um, So just look for
1: We've been having trouble. You're you're cutting in and out there. So um, I think maybe we'll try to reestablish the connection. Uh, In the meantime, Nancy, if you might could pick up on on the thought there, uh, could you put like $300 in a CD each month, or would you think it would be better just to go ahead and maybe find a savings account to put the money in?
0: No. As Ryder mentioned, once you purchase a CD, that CD is locked in. But what you probably do if you're looking to use that money for a down payment for another car and you've just paid off your existing car, then I'm guessing your existing car is maybe four or five years old. So now we're looking at really a short-term period of time when you're going to turn around and purchase a new car, maybe within the next three years. So that means you need to put that money in something that doesn't have a lot of risk. So just use a good savings account the interest rates are not going to be very good. If you do build up a certain amount, you could then purchase another CD with a maturity that will put you close to that time for the purchase of the new car. Don't expect rates to go up anytime soon, but don't get enticed by something that's riskier. Um, When you know you're going to be using that money in a short period of time,
1: right? And and and, you know, I'm thinking even maybe a year. uh, You know, the I've got it's going to be about three hundred dollars, and I thought you know, three hundred dollars over twelve months is thirty six (laughs) hundred dollars if I'm doing my math correctly.
0: Yeah, that's a nice down payment. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So okay, Uh, but if you but I like your idea too. So if I wanted to maybe try try to push that a little bit longer, maybe at the six month point, uh, take that money out of the savings account and do a CD for another six months or something along those lines?
0: Sure, you can do that. But, again, you're going to have to look at what the rates are for the maturities that you're interested in and how does that compare to just sitting in savings. And I think you're going to find at these low rates there's not much of a difference.
1: The S&P 500 has predicted the election. We'll tell you what they think next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal financial broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. A recent article on CNN noted that the S&P 500 fell point zero four percent between July 31st and October 31st, That means the market forecasts by a hair that Joe Biden will win, according to the CFRA research's presidential predictor. The stock market has been a fairly reliable track record since World War II, when the S&P 500 fell in the three months leading up to the November vote during a presidential election year. The incumbent president or party of the outgoing president has lost the election 88 percent of the time. Um, Any thoughts on that? My thought, uh, Nancy, would be interesting, but— you know, yeah, I guess.
0: Well, we, we've been getting this question a lot, Kevin. People are concerned. Whichever side they're on, what's going to happen, what will happen to my 401K, what will happen to the economy. And so we backed up and just looked at the data. Um, and it's interesting. Lizanne Saunders is an economist for Schwab. And I follow her, and she puts out great graphs. And I sent this out to our clients Um, She looked at what if you invested just under Republican presidents, and then what if you just invested just under Democratic presidents, and which one does better, because normally we would think Republican presidents because of the policies, Um, but what she found was, historically, you would do better as an investor, slightly better under a Democratic president. But then she said, wait a minute, go to the third bar in her graph, and what you see in the third bar is you just stay invested regardless of which party is in power, which says to us it really doesn't matter that much. Wall Street Journal also um, had a great article looking at this situation. And the big concern, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is if we have a contested election. And that will certainly cause investors to be a little nervous. But if there's a clear winner, then it's just a matter of, okay, this is what we have. Things are certain now. And the market's going to go on. Because the reality is that whoever's in the White House doesn't have a huge impact on the economy. The economy is basically going to do what it's going to do. They They can have some impacts on the margins. And we'll be weighing that. And really what we're looking at as investors, we're looking at two things. We need another stimulus package. And we need a big one. And the bigger the better, and that will push markets. And the other thing we're looking at is the end of this pandemic, which means we have a vaccine that is being widely distributed. And that will help the economy to get rolling again. So beyond that, the election is really just... A bit of uncertainty we need to get past it
1: and I think this goes back to the question that we had from the lady from Memphis about sort of trying to time the trends or whatever as you said get in there and stay in there for the long term and that's another advice that we've given out uh, frequently on the show is to try to avoid the ups and downs and the starts and stops of investing and and, and stay in it uh, for the long haul
0: exactly
1: all right uh, we've got another caller on the line so why don't we say good morning to Dan who has called in from Meridian Dan you're on the air with us go ahead please
4: Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm a big fan of your show. Thank you. Uh, yes, I have a question about CD. I know you guys just addressed that a minute ago, but uh, 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 perhaps this is rather an odd question. Um, obviously, banks are in the business of uh, making money, uh, like any any business. And I'm wondering if are CDs uh, negotiable? Uh, let me be more specific. Um, let's say rather than you know a thousand dollars, you say, "Look, I'll invest." five hundred thousand dollars but I wanted at this rate uh, is that something you can even bring up uh, with a bank well
0: yes you can uh, oh. don't, don't expect a lot of difference yeah. though especially really? at these low rates yeah. and um, if they have really good customers they tend to give them better better rates than they would give a smaller customer okay. and they want they want to hang on to that money because a bank is basically a money store Their job is to gather assets and pay those depositors a rate that's less than what they can charge for the loans. And so they need those those funds in order to loan them out, and they're going to make money off of the spread, the difference between what they charge on loans versus what they pay on deposits. Hmm. So you do have some leverage with larger amounts. Um, but it's a very competitive business, and most hmm. people will just shop banks. And um, it's the reason you will often see better rates at community banks or smaller banks, because they're really struggling to gather assets, to get right. get depositors and new customers in um, and open accounts with them. And so they're willing to pay you a little bit more just to get your money in so they can then keep doing business.
4: I see. I see. So it would, it would uh, be very within my, my, my business savvy to, to shop around a few community banks and say, hey, look, I have this amount of money. Uh, what can, you, can you guys give me the best rate? And, and it's something that I can certainly bring it up with these banks.
0: Yeah, um, and um, it goes back to also having a good relationship with a banker, and yes. often what you'll find is they may quote you one rate, mm. and if, if you're not biding, they may come back with a little bit better rate. But, again, the rates are very low. Um, mm. They're very competitive. Uh, don't expect a lot of flexibility around that.
4: Mm. Uh, just, just, uh, can I ask one another quick question, question Nancy? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you know, you have community banks, but then when I look on some of these uh, Internet banks, some of these larger ones, um, it, it escapes me right now. But some of those Internet banks seems to offer a little bit higher rates. But the concern that I have is that are they reliable? You know, with all this technological advancement also comes potential for, you know, some shady, you know, transactions and stuff. What is your input on some of these larger banks that does their banking online?
0: Well, um, I think they're fine as long as you can make sure that they are domestic banks, meaning they are U.S. banks. You also need to look for FDIC insurance somewhere on their website. If you don't find it, you can call and ask. And as long as you have that protection, that's going to protect an individual investor up to 250000 per account. Mm -hmm. then if there is some fraud, something that's going on, then that insurance will um, reinstate that, will reimburse all that money to you.
4: Very
1: good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Good to hear from you from Meridian. The Governor's Job Fair is a division of the Mississippi Department of Employment Security and has some job fairs coming up. Uh, The 2020 I 59 drive through job fair uh, begins at 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. on November 5th at the Magnolia Center Fairgrounds parking lot in Ellisville. Uh, The 2020 Mississippi. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Liz, correct me. It's Ellis Boulevard in Laurel. So that first one on November 5th is in Laurel. Uh, there is one um, that is on November 10th at the Trustmark parking lot uh, on, in Pearl at the Trustmark Stadium. Uh, Trustmark Park, that is. Uh, and then another one, uh, November 12th, at Edgewater Mall parking lot on Beach Boulevard in Biloxi's. So let me run through those again, make sure uh, that I was clear on that. On November 5th, from 9 to 3, it's at the Magnolia Center Fairgrounds parking lot on Ellisville Boulevard in Laurel. There's one on November 10th, from 9 to 3, at the Trustmark Park parking lot in Pearl. And there's one from November 12th, 9 to 3, at the Edgewater Mall parking lot on on Beach Boulevard in Biloxi. So, Ryder, we've talked about uh, job fairs and looking for a job. What would you say are the the top things to keep in mind if someone is going to a job fair? Is a job searching? Uh, what's the couple of things that they should keep in mind to put their best foot forward to potential employers?
2: Well, um, I think it's it's important with a job fair to one kind of know what you're getting into because y- y- you know there can be. Tons of of people and tons of uh, tons of um, job opportunities at job fairs, and if you spend and if you you know don't make good use of your time, you know maybe you're not going to find the employer that you know you're maybe you're not going to get to spend time uh, talking with the employer that that you wanted to um, if you don't kind of uh, plan accordingly. Um, Also, you know, be very, you know, especially uh, in these times, you know, pay a lot of attention to kind of uh, non financial benefits. Obviously, you might have a floor of, you know, I need to make X dollars an hour. I need to have X salary. But also, you know, especially for a younger person, look to see, you know, what are the training opportunities here? uh, What are skills I am going to gain? And what is my career path going to look like? You know, do I have a career path with this company? You know, can I? move into management can I do this that or the other Um, also non-salary benefits Healthcare is so important. You know, how does their healthcare plan work? Do I get it from day one? How much do I have to pay for it? That's very important for a lot of people. Um, and then, of course, just kind of other details. You know, will I be traveling? You know, uh, what are my expected hours? You know, how much overtime might I expect to work? So, you know, salary is is one thing, and it is only one part of a very complex equation of looking at is this right for me. So, have your salary floor. Um, but, of course, look for those non-financial benefits, which just can be so complex, um, but can really, really uh, be life-changing in some uh, situations.
1: We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Megan in Jackson. Megan, go ahead, please.
5: Yes. I have a question. Uh, this seems to be the day for CD questions. <laughs> I have um, three CDs, and they are staggered. They, The first one comes up for renewal in March. This is uh, when they were offering 3% on CD, so it's really going to hurt. <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm 60, you know, not going to put it in the market. And I just, what should I do with, uh, with this? You know, it just seems after you're drawing 3% to get less than 1%, even on 30-something months, just is, it hurts. <laughs> so what do you do with it?
1: Ryder, why don't you take that one? Yeah. So,
2: I, what is your plan with this money? What do you What do you plan on doing with it?
5: Well, I, um, you mean I, it's I don't need to dip into the principal for to live on. It's you know I just I get the monthly interest interest because the bank that I have it with um, allows me to do that. So I don't really need it. Um, uh, at the moment anyway so I don't know <laughs> I just want to get the, the you know the most return that I can um, in the here and now well
2: so one thing and, and I mean again my answer is kind of for a broader audience as well but I'll address you specifically as well but for For money that you're not going to touch, it doesn't really so much matter your age, it matters when you are going to need the money. And if this is for saving up for longer term, 5, 10, 15 years down the road, then taking market risk is a lot less risky than you might think. Um, Yes, the market fluctuates on a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year basis, but over the long term, we do expect much higher returns than you're going to get out of an FDIC-insured Guaranteed by the US government um, a bank account. That being said, if you are set on leaving it in CDs, which is what it sounds like you want to do. Um, I do think we are going to be in a low interest rate environment for a couple of years, Um, is what kind of happens after that uh, that that I don't know. And so when you're concerned about, okay, the interest rates are very low right now and I think maybe in a year or so they're going to start increasing, what you would want to do is use shorter term CDs. you know so CDs you know often range from 1 to 5 years and if you think well surely interest rates are going to go up in 2 years you wouldn't want to lock yourself into a super low rate for 5 years when you could say put it into a 1 or 2 year CD take a smaller interest payment right now you would you would yes be sacrificing a few basis points of interest right now but in the hopes of rolling that into a much higher yielding CD uh, should rates increase in the future? Um, Can that being said, ask you you know, one quick I can't. Re- well, yeah, go for it. Go for it. What,
5: what, what do you think about putting it into some rental inc- uh, property?
2: Uh, so I think that is a <laughs> if, if comparing that to CDs, um, that is a much different proposition. Um, if you want to be a landlord, then sure, absolutely, put it into rental property. Um, but if you're putting, if you're thinking about something, you know, because initially you talked about, you know, you don't want to risk, uh, you don't want to take market risk. Rental property also has risk. Um, I recently got a lot of work done on my house, and it cost me a lot of money. Um, and that's the sort of thing that is a risk of losing money if it's on a rental property. Um, and, and and additionally, uh, with rental property, you know, you're you're even less liquid than CDs. You know, we we call you know you know things like a, a cash bank account or a stock market fairly liquid because you can you can cash those out and have your money in hand in a matter of a few days. A CD is less liquid because you know you typically purchase it for a five year term. Maybe there's some issues getting out. You might have to sacrifice some interest. Maybe pay a fee with real estate, it is very illiquid. You have to go and f- physically find a buyer if you want to get out of uh, rental real, uh, or real estate. Um, so that is a, that's a vastly diff- different proposition than purchasing CDs. Um, but if you do desire to be a landlord, then yes, buying rental property is the way to go.
1: Arta Megan, thanks for your call. We're discussing current money news stories between your questions. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
3: This
0: podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks.
1: Place you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy lotridge Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Uh, we were talking about job fairs, and there's some encouraging employment news for Mississippi. Uh, Nancy, I think the Madison County Economic Development Authority is making an announcement uh, of some excitement.
0: Well, you've got me there. I don't know what it is.
2: Sorry. Can- Ooh, I'll take this one. I've been right. reading about take this it. a lot today. <laughs> Yeah, so there's actually two big uh two big announcements I think in Madison. Uh, one has been underway is that Amazon is building a distribution facility uh in Madison County, I'm I'm not exactly sure where, but the new announcement was that UPS, um, of course, major you know, uh, package delivery service, uh, delivering all those Amazon, uh, all those Amazon boxes, is uh, setting up a new um, last mile service uh, facility in uh, possibly in Ridgeland or Madison in Madison County, um, and they say that's going to serve about a hundred have about 150 different. Uh, 150 delivery trucks would be based there, be over 200 jobs. I can't remember the exact number. Um, but this is just, and, and, and Nancy has been championing this for a long time, you know, the trend of uh, more people doing online shopping. Um, and of course, Amazon eating the lion's share of, of that online shopping. But that is a trend which is, it is, it's still young. Um, I think. I think every year it's been increasing at about 10% this year. Uh, we discussed a few weeks back. Um, it's, it's seen a pretty large growth, although you know, sometimes we, it takes a little while to get good numbers on that. But more and more people are shopping online, more and more value is moving online. And, you know, we even listed before people are buying lunch and their food online to have delivered to them. Uh, This is not going away. And uh, those two new facilities in Madison County are going to be huge beneficiaries of that trend.
1: Uh, You are right, uh, Ryder. The um, UPS facility will be in Ridgeland, uh, $28.6 million starting in early 2021. Uh, Expected to bring jobs at average annual salary of $57,000 to the area. If you're interested in applying for a position at the new facility, you can visit www.upsjobs.com. Also, Amazon is prepping for a facility in Mississippi in Madison County. It marks the fourth investment by the company in our state in just over two years in July. Amazon announced hiring more than 500 new full-time positions at its fulfillment center in Olive Branch. If you're interested in applying online, you can go to amazon.com slash Miss Jobs, M-I-S-S-J-O-B-S. Full-time jobs there start at $15 an hour with comprehensive benefits starting from day one. And home furniture maker Fusion Furniture has announced a new manufacturing plan in Mississippi, a production to begin uh, just about this week, I think, a starting pay for experienced woodworkers and a an hour. All positions come with benefits. So some encouraging news on the uh, job front here for Mississippi. Uh, Here's another item in the news. A few central banks have started selling tons of gold for the first time since 2010 in order to ease the financial suffering from the COVID-19 pandemic. At $1,875 an ounce, gold prices are down about 10% since the commodities high of $2,075 on August 6th. Nancy, I know you, you I'm sorry we are out of time gosh we'll have to hold that one till next week Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio funded in part by generous financial support from you our listeners to hear today's show or a previous show visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or you can listen to the podcast search for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app our call screener was Java Chapman, and our producer is Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy lotridge Janderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
0: Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at trustmark.com mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.